you are such a good wife. <laughs> we're, we're, we're. Well, we're Reconciliation, what the world? Oh, hey. I'm looking, this scared me for a minute, man. I was getting ready to say we're in Genesis. But uh, we're, in, we're, in, uh, we're in Romans chapter 3. I really apologize for the last couple weeks, but I know duties never conflict, but I had that nursery that I, I was working all day on, and I just, by the time I came in here, I just was shot. But uh, if y'all notice, it's been drywalled, mudded. It's been mudded. Did you see the mudding? Yeah, he, he mudded at the first coat today. Uh, and so he'll come back in tomorrow and bet, uh, he said he's got to bed it or something or put whatever and then he's going to stomp the ceilings and then uh, we'll be back in business with that and I'm done with it. <coughs> but that was one of those rooms where when we pulled it out of service they used this other room we had to take a, a Sunday school class away to do that. You can go on in there if you look at him. Yep. He did a really good job. Guy's a good, good mutter. Uh, Alright, so Genesis. Now <clears throat> Genesis, not Genesis. We're in Romans. Romans. Any questions about anything? Right now, speak now forever. Hold your peace. Wait a minute. Is everybody here? Where's everybody at? They're all just... So what do you think? Yeah, I think it looks really good. We're gonna, are we going to put... I think we're going to try to reuse that carpet just to see if we can clean it up and make it look good and I'll put some vinyl, I'll get some vinyl flooring we can put in there and that'll make them all happy. Maybe. Genesis, or Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. And we started uh, through the series of stuff that we were looking at. I'll wait till they get in here. There's two. What are they doing in there? Yeah, that thing like Joe was talking about there, uh, demon possession. I mean, you got a, you got a body and a soul that is uh, sealed into the day of redemption, uh, Ephesians, and, and you got your flesh sitting here. And this guy right here can be controlled at any given time, and it can get to. And I heard preachers always talk about a do, uh, two dogs. It's like your two dogs. You got a do, black dog and a uh, a white dog and a black dog, and whichever one you feed, whichever one you feed is the one that's going to grow. And the problem in Romans chapter 1 is clear on that. Uh, you come to, unthankfulness is about where it starts, but when somebody starts growing toward the world, and, and that's a danger, uh, this world is set up, to, I mean, it's all financial, it's money, it's this, it's that, the other thing. Uh, I try to always stay away from the money stuff. I'm selling the car out there. I, I told a young couple they could have it. Uh, I'd let them have it. I'd sit up here on top. I told them they could have it for, the, and I said, look, the car is worth $22,000. I'll give it to you for fourteen five, and they look. People look at me like, "Are you crazy?" No, I don't want. I don't want to. I just, I just want enough out of it to where it covers my expenses, and I make a few bucks on it. Give her some money. I don't want too much. I like the way the Bible says, "Don't give me too much. Don't give me too little." I don't want to curse you, and I don't want to forget you. And there's just a danger in this world because there's so much stuff that we can get access to. Anyways, uh, Romans chapter three, verse twenty-five, and it says, "Whom God has set forward to be a perpetuation." through faith in his blood, to declare righteousness for the remission of sins that are past. And this is where we stopped last time. And I know we've been through some of this before, but I'm going to go through it again because it's been so long. Through the forbearance of God. The definition of propitiation is to appease or render favorable to conciliate. It's to make God, it's, it, Jesus Christ 
you and I could never, never stand before God. That's what's wrong with the Catholic Church. That's what's wrong with all the churches out there is they're trying to say, we can get you through. You can't get anybody through. You can't get them through. Somebody had to make, and I'll, I'll go, to, go to John. I think it was John chapter uh, 20, maybe 19, John chapter 19. It, it is important. 20. Verse 17. Actually, go to uh, 15. 20, 15. Jesus said unto her, talking to Mary, uh, Mary's brother by herself, sad because she can't find a body. Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And there, you notice there's two questions there. Uh, why are you weeping and whom are you seeking? Uh, she supposed him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, if thou hast borne him, she's looking for his body from hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary, she turned unto him, said unto him, Rabboni, which is the same master. So as soon as she turned, she knew exactly who he was. And he makes this comment right here after that. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren. So he was making it very clear to her. And thank God that she listened and heeded what he said. From the beginning of time to right there, everything that was ever in play was right there. Jesus Christ is getting ready to leave this planet and head to heaven and walk into heaven. He's such a good wife. I will keep you. My mom called me today. Well, actually, Beth called me. And there's this guy over at the nursing home. And my mom is a Catholic, good Catholic. And uh, so the guy pulls Beth off the side. Of, Can I say this? You don't mind it. It's funny. To me, it's funny. It is? Well, it's not embarrassing to you. It's actually a... It's a shoo -shoo. <laughs> but anyways, I'm sitting there, and uh, Beth calls me. She says, Mike, we got a problem. Houston, we have a problem. I'm like, okay, what's the problem? Well, the, there's a male nurse over there, uh, and he's like half our age. He could be our son. And uh, mom thinks that he's trying to get Beth and have an affair with her. So Beth walks in, and, and here's this guy with another nurse. And, and he goes, what do we do? Your mom is driving us crazy. I said, <laughs> so I called mom and talked to her. Poor Beth. I felt so sorry for her. Uh, and I'm like, I told mom, I said, I have never had to not trust her 33 years. Uh, and that hadn't even been the issue. That hadn't even been the issue. Why wasn't the issue? Because 33 years ago, the Lord told me to marry her. That settles it. I'm done with it. I can trust her because I know if she messes up, the Lord's going to smack her into the middle of next week. How do I know that? Because he smacks me in the middle of next week. So I know exactly. If he tells me that's his daughter, I'm done with it. Well, anyways, I call my mom. I never said that. I'm like, you liar, man. You liar. You got, and you, you better get to the Catholic Church and you better do something because you're going to go to purgatory forever. But anyways... This right here, Jesus Christ, from the beginning of time, he's getting ready to make that propitiation for you and me. And if Mary would have just reached out and touched him, he would now be unclean. All the stuff he went through, the purification process he went through, going to hell three days for us, there's a purification process that went on that you and I will never understand in a million years. He, he might have only dropped in hell for a second, dropped the sins off him, get them off him, shot over to Abraham's bosom for three days because he said he's going to be in the heart of the earth three days and three nights. Jonah, Jonah gives you that thing out there, and, he, and Jonah is in the belly of the well for three days and three nights. That's a perfect picture. Weeds wrapped around his head. He goes down to the bars. When you read the book of Jonah, you're reading about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The only thing is a fish didn't spit Jesus up. He came back up on his own. But Jesus right here is clean. You and I could never be there. Not right there. Not on this planet. Jesus Christ did it for us. He became our propitiation. A lot of times when we look at these words, 
uh, and, and we don't catch exactly what he did for us and, and the thing. So there's a whole list of words there that, that uh, we, we have at our disposal, I would say. Uh, 16, 17. Uh, y'all got a list of these words? I gave you, everybody a list. Y'all have those? You should have them. I want to go through some of these things tonight and give you some references. Wait a second. I better get, go back to Romans. So, justification. Uh, take your Bibles, go to Acts chapter 13. The first one there is justification. Acts 13. <clears throat> You, you have got something that this world will never have. And I think the reason the world has a problem and, and we get, like even the question about demon possession, uh, we should be so far from that 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 never even, even occurs. Uh, the problem with the churches is, or people, Christians, is we never really separate ourselves away from the world because we think we can still be there. And, and you can't be here the, the fight will always be there. You have to get away. Uh, that book on prayer, uh, when he starts talking about that thing, uh, that repentant, he, he talks about penitent prayer. Because people are sitting there. Did you ever get the list of the, the order? Yes, are you reading it in the order that that is? Yes. Okay. The first one there, he starts talking about penitent prayer. And people get over here, and what they do is they sin, and they get the thing under the blood, and they sin, they get, and they always like right here. And the Lord says, no, you can't stay here. You need to get over here somewhere in your prayer life. Get away from this thing. Get away from, you know, get away from the constant sinning back. Not that we all sin. But you got to change. There has to put some space in between the world. You know what this is? It's living in the world. That's what the whole problem is. Acts, Acts chapter uh, 13, verse 38. Now we're talking about justification. 38, it says this. It says, be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, Paul talking, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Is that Paul or Peter? I keep getting Hang on, let me back up here a bit. I don't want to. should be. Barnabas and Paul. So here we go. It's, it's Paul. He goes, uh, 38. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, uh, that, that though this man, through this man, is preached unto you the, the forgiveness of sins, and by him all that believe are justified, from all things which could not, be, could not be justified by the law of Moses. So when the word justified is used, justification, the law could never produce justification in your life. Jesus Christ did that. You are justified in God's eyes. And the definition is that to declare a man is righteous when he is not. I like James over here. It says, uh, the prayers of a righteous man. I, I mentioned that a few minutes ago about my dad. The prayers of a righteous man availeth much. And it was like the Holy Spirit saying, and you're not righteous. So don't even think you are. But he goes, because of what you did. Well, in the spirit, what God has done is made me righteous. And he did that because of what he did. It had nothing to do with us. And so many times we forget that it's, it's not us. It never was us. It was him. This whole thing about our salvation is about him. From the beginning of time when he made the first thing in heaven, and then it comes all the way through to that place where Mary, he said, touch me not. Why would he even take the chance? You ever thought about that? I mean, y'all probably have already thought about it. I know y'all halos and stuff, but why would he even take the chance of standing close enough to somebody that could touch him that would mess up everything he did from the beginning of time up to that point? If she had just reached out and touched him one, one, with one finger, she'd have messed the whole thing up. He could now not walk into heaven. To get into heaven, you've got to be perfectly pure, clean from all sin. 
Jesus was that standing in front of Mary. He said, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended. A few minutes later, he stands up, he flies up to heaven. He walks into the throne room with a pitcher of his blood, the basin of his blood. He walks up to the mercy seat. He does everything. The Father's watching. Angels are all watching. All the cherubims and seraphims and everybody's watching. And they're shouting and screaming because nobody, you get in the book of Revelation, nobody could do that. When you say justification, that was for you. That was for me. That was a gift that was given that could not be purchased by anybody other than him. Period. No more. It can't be done. Go to uh, 39. It says, uh, 39, is, is, it says, and, and by him all that believe are justified from all things. Boy, I tell you what, before you weren't justified for nothing. You were blank. You stole a penny, you're in trouble. Uh, you had a bad thought, you're in trouble. So now I've got part of me that is, is totally my, now there you go, this is separation. You got to get this thing, the body and the soul and the spirit, my soul and spirit over here sealed into the day of redemption. My flesh is over here. This thing right here is justified. This ain't. This flesh ain't. People say, well, you always talk about it. This ain't justified over here. This thing over here wants to do everything wrong. This side over here wants to do right. And that penitent prayer thing, what you got to do is make this side grow. And what you'll do is you'll see the, the space start increasing between the two. And pretty soon where he's trying to get you in the prayer life is where you're over here. And once you start removing yourself, the gap starts opening up, and this side starts growing, and that's where that thing comes in. Right here, you can't see it too much, because, and he's talking about it, because you're right, like right there. Not necessarily you. You're probably way over here somewhere. Super crazy. But, but what happens is as life goes on, you become more and more like this, and then you can see this thing. You should never even get to the place where you're demon-possessed because you're so far away from it. But what happens if you always play right there and you never let this thing go, and you never get, do you understand what I'm saying? This thing will suck you back in. And you got to let that thing go. Anyways, justification. Go to Galatians chapter 3. <clears throat> Where's he at in Galatians? 4. Okay, so y'all been through this. But I'm just going to read a verse. Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. Maybe a couple. Talking about justification. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, now, now you want to you know why your Bible's the word of God? God just put his, verse 8 says, and the scriptures. Did he go through that? that? That word right there? And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through, uh, through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, God just changed his name out there, saying, in, this, in thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which are be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse of the law, curse, for it is written, cursed, be, uh, cursed is everyone that continueth uh, not in all things which were written in the books of the law to do them. So if, you, if you're trying to live un under the law, you ain't going to make it. But then he goes on, he says, but, but that no man be just, is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but, uh, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed be everyone that hangeth on a tree. So Christ, by what he did for us, he took the curse on himself, went to a place called hell, dropped it off, came out of there crystal clean, pure as anything, as white as snow, shot into heaven, and because of what he did, he opened the door for us. We are justified by...
by what he did from the law. The law doesn't apply to you anymore. Everybody says, oh, don't do this, don't do this. You can do anything you want. Uh, now the question is, is, would Jesus do anything that you want? What would Jesus do? And that's the hard part. Justification. Redemption. Uh, go to Galatians 3.13. I'm already there anyways. Christ had redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made, made a curse uh, for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. So redemption is the payment made to buy the sinner back from the wrath of God. So when Christ went into heaven and he walked down that, the, the pathway and he got to the throne in heaven and he made the price, he opened the door and then anybody who believes in him by faith gets redeemed. The redemption isn't, isn't immediate until you ask. Uh, that, young, that lady that got saved at church the other day, we were sitting there talking to her, and Linda, and uh, I, I sit there, and Beth had told me that she said that uh, she was lost. And I asked her, I said, well, are you saved? And she goes, no, I'm lost. I said, why don't you get saved? She goes, because I'm afraid to. Because she kept thinking about this life she has to live out here. Forget, forget that. What you need to do is settle this thing. Do I want to go to a place called hell, or do I want to go to a place called heaven? I mean, it's really, it's, it boils down right to that. I, I, I choose life. Hell just doesn't sound like a place I want to go. Uh, who was that I was talking to? Oh, that was... Steve, Steve was telling me about a guy he was talking to, and he goes, can't you just kind of opt out of like either one and get like annihilated? No, no. And he told me, he said, no, there is no opting out. You go to one or the other. Well, can't you just, that's, that's Jehovah Witness teach that, that you get annihilated. Uh, when you die, you just, there is no hell, you just get annihilated. That ain't true. There is a hell, and you're going to burn there forever. And if that's the case, uh, that would, should scare somebody half to death. But, but there was no way for us to ever get out of that. And the Lord knew that because hell was made for the devil and his angels, never for us. But we go because we get sin on us. So You've got to have a way to get sin off. The Lord made a way for us to get out. He opened that door. Redemption, the payment made. Christ made that payment. And then it says, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in thine heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So confession is made by the mouth. And I have to come to that. But once I do that, he, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever... Believing in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So uh, whosoever, anybody who, who picks that thing up, his redemption is, is transferred to us immediately. We're redeemed from the curse of the law. The moment I get saved, I get redemption. The moment I get justified, I'm telling you what, man, there's so much stuff happens to me when I get saved. Y'all talking about Catholics, your, your kids, some of your kids, I'm telling you what, they don't even get it. They got to do this, 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 this. I got to do this. I got to go to Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday, man, we were talking about today. Beth, Beth was saying, should we go to, oh, he, Joe, y'all pray for Joe. He, he's, cat, he's like in the middle there somewhere. He wants to go get the black ashes on his head. Uh, do y'all know what the black ashes are? You do. You were Catholic, weren't you? Yeah. Okay. That, that's the, that's the Palm Sunday, Psalm Sunday, Palm Sunday last year. What, I guess, instead of throwing away, away the palms away, they try to figure out something to do with them. So they burn them, get the ashes, and this year they put them on your head. So they, they use everything. But, but it's like, you know, I'm like... I see these guys at, at work out at Lexus next. They all come in with the X on their head. I'm like, X marks the spot. Is that where you where the bullet goes? <coughs> I'm like, why would you do that? And they think that's really something. And, and the church teaches them that's really something. And they think, well, if I go to, well, I took my kids out here to uh, Xenia. What is that church on Xenia Avenue? St. Mary's. 
I took them upstairs to show them some stuff. I said, hey, come on, guys. The kids don't know. I said, I want to show you all. Here's all these, uh, these confession booths. And I said, this priest sits in the middle here. He, he can do them two at a time, man. They got one on this side, one on this side. And he'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear the little, if you're on this side, you'll hear the door go, shh, tell me thy sins, my son. And you go, oh, man. So then you start lying to him because you got to come up with something to tell him. Then he goes out and says, say, you know, give me 300 Our Fathers and 400 El Marys or whatever, and you go out. You hear the other one, you'll hear this go, shh, shh, shh. And he's doing this. So, I mean, these guys are good. It's a wonder they don't have a rotisserie where they could do like four or five at a time. But, but I'm sitting there going, they have candles in there, but they're all electronic now. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm like I, that, that blew me out of the water. I took the kids. I said, now, right here's the candles they light to get the people out of purgatory. And I'm like, wait a minute. You got to put a quarter in this thing. It's like a, it's like a slot. You put a quarter in, and a candle comes on and goes flicker. It's flickering. And it's just a little light in there, LED, and it lasts for a quarter, however long a quarter is, and then it goes out. And so you got to stand and put another quarter in. And so, I mean, if, if you think that person's only worth 25 cents, I mean, you can't even burn the candle all the way out anymore. you gotta, you got to keep putting quarters in. I'm like, where did they get that in the Bible? Thou shalt light a candle with a quarter. I mean, <laughs> you know, modern technology, and people see that stuff, and they believe. Have you ever been in St. Mary's? You ought to go up there, man. It's, I mean, it's all this nice woodwork. Got great woodwork, all this other stuff. But it's, it's just a farce. It's a farce. And people say, well, you're re ridiculing my religion. No, I'm telling you what he did. That, none of that stuff counts. None of it counts. It doesn't do a thing. It makes you feel good because you, that's the flesh side. It makes the flesh side do something that I've, I've done something and it makes me feel good. But over here on the spiritual side, it meant absolutely nothing to God. And, and these words do. So... I got justified, I got redeemed. Propitiation, here's a good one. Go to 1 John, 1 John chapter 2. Propitiation, the price paid to satisfy the demands of an angry God against sin. What is that? Oh, amen. Yeah, these, I got to change all these windows out, man. We're sitting back here watching doors move in and out. These windows let air through. But, uh... It's, it's, a, it's the price paid. Jesus Christ, when, when the sin that was on him, it said that the Lord turned, he said, my, by God, why? Go to Psalm 22. <clears throat> you want to know what Jesus did to you, for you? Psalm 22. Great Psalm. This is Jesus on the cross right here. Psalm 22. I'll give everybody... My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? Oh, my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night seasons, and am not silent. But thou, he's on the cross here. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted in thee, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered, and trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All that see me laugh me to scorn. This is our Savior. They shoot out the, the lip, they shake their head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him, let, let him deliver him, seeing he delighted in him. Now, he's on a cross. How in the world could he possibly get them to say that? Yet they said it. This is all prophecy about what's getting ready to happen. Uh, but thou art he that took me out of, out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. 
I was cast upon thee from my dead, be not that far from me. Verse 12, many bulls have compassed me, strong bulls of patience have beset me. God turned his back on Jesus Christ on that cross. He turned away like this. And he went through hell for every one of us. You, would, you could not spend an eternity and do what he did from the time he went on that cross to pilot and everything else and into hell for the amount of time he was in those three days and three nights. You could not have suffered an eternity to do. He did everything in three days and three nights. It's amazing. And what he did for us, it's a propitiation. That's what God required to solve the sin problem. There wasn't a man or woman or child alive that could ever solve that problem. The only one that could do that was him, Jesus Christ. He said, send me. Here I am, send me. The difference between redemption and propitiation is that in redemption, the payment is made. In propitiation, the payment is accepted by God. Jesus Christ was our propitiation. So go to 1 John, 1 John chapter 2. If y'all have any questions, just ask, man. I'll tell you what, some of this stuff is, you got to stop and think about it sometimes. Like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. Is there a, do you have to, like, any other room you go to to do all this before you're allowed to leave? Or Where? Or? The Catholic Church? Yeah. Oh, you just do it in a pew out there, man. You go out there. I used to do it all the time. You say, Our Father, Our Father, which art in heaven. Now, the question here is, is it the Luke, Our Father, or the Matthew, Our Father? Because they're different. Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't give you any choice, so you, I guess you can choose whichever one you want. But I don't know. I mean, Luke is just as, I think Luke is just as spiritual as Matthew. So Luke was with Paul at the very end, so I would think the Luke one would be better than the Matthew one. But, I mean, I don't know which one. If you got an option here, uh, I would do the shorter one. I like the one, you are father, you are father. If he goes out and tells you, say, 14 are fathers, I mean, after a while you get tongue tied. Our father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us this day our daily, give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses. We forgive those which trespass against us, and deliver us from evil. For thine is the power and the glory. And the, then after a while you go, Our Father which art in heaven, for thine is the power and the glory. And, the, and, and I'm like, by the time you get Our Father, Our Father, Our Father, Our Father, and you finish it up, I've, I've done the. Exactly, man, exactly the same way. So what do you do with that? Uh, and and so you're supposed to go out there in the pew, and say you're Our Father's Hail Marys. At least that's what we did in the day when we did it. Uh, and then you're supposed to be good until, then you go to confession on, on Saturday, you go to communion on Sunday, and you're supposed to be good, you're saved at that point, because you just ate Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, if you had a McDonald's hamburger before you came in, and you eat Jesus Christ, and then you go to the bathroom, do you dump Jesus Christ in the toilet? I mean, because it is going to go through your body. I mean, it's just going to come out looking a little different than it went in. But, but it is, I mean... Do you not think about the next level that you're talking about here? What, when I took Jesus Christ in, I never, he never comes. Oh, you vomit him out. <laughs> now, I know, that's, I, know, I know it seems like I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm ridiculing him, but it's the stupidity of religion, religion as a whole, the stupidity of Jehovah Witness, Mormons, all them guys, the stupidity of, even Baptists, the stupidity of religion is it's amazing. It amazes me. People, he gave you a brain to think. I thought it was funny when you asked for prayer about your going to school. 
I mean, brother, that, that hurts, man. I mean, all of a sudden now you got to stop and use the gray matter that's between like these ears. And you got to figure out how to input the data to get it to stay there and then get everything done. And then you got a time constraint on top of that. There's a lot of stress there, man. It's just, it's hilarious. I, I used to love it. Uh, because being in the Navy, I mean, it was like, it was stress from the day you got there. Working for my dad was stressful. And, and uh, by the time I got to the Navy, I didn't even care about stress. My dad done beat that into me so much, I just thought it was a way of life. If you work 24 hours a day, that's exactly what you should do. The Navy never asked me to do any more than that. But, but all this stuff is stressful, and, and the religion comes up, and everybody wants to live their, here's the whole problem. They want to live their lives the way they want to live them, and they want somebody to say, all you got to do is this, 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 and this, and then I can go back and live in my life the way I want to live it. And God's not that way. I said that last night about Ezra. Ezra said, how in the world can I possibly go to Artaxerxes and ask him to give me an army to get me back to Jerusalem when I'm telling him that the God of this universe is the God and he can do everything and he made the whole universe and he made the stars and actually he put you in power and I'm going to ask you for protection? I, I said, now, if I go to the Lord and the Lord puts that in Artaxerxes' heart to protect him, that's one thing. But Ezra said, I can't do that. So he goes out and stops by that river, and he just sits there, and we're going to fast for a couple, two or three days, and we're going to get a hold of God, and then he takes off, and he gets to Jerusalem safely. And, brethren, so many times what we do is we, we forget that this thing called Christianity, become, once you get saved, it becomes a walk. It becomes a life. It, it, it's a life choice. And we chose that. I chose that in 1980. People say, why do you do what you do? Because in 1980 on a bike porch, I chose Jesus Christ. I knew exactly what I did. I didn't know exactly what I was saying. And it took me some while to figure out exactly what I did there. But that's the starting point for me. And I said, well, this isn't just something that you do. And, and I've done it. And I sit on the shelf over it. Now I'm good to go. And I go do whatever I want to do. The Lord says, no, you can't do what you want to do. But you can try. And it's going to hurt. But you can try. I, man, I tell you what, I got, I got six tickets one time from a police officer. And it was right up here, right at Burkhart. Burkhart, uh, what is it? It's, uh, what's, it what's that right there, Burkhart? No, it's at Linden Ave or, uh, or uh, Grange Hall where it dead ends into that road right there. Kemp, Kemp. I'm sitting at Kemp and, and right there. And my house is down this road. And the church is right down there. And the Holy Spirit says, go that way. I'm like, my house is right that way. And the Holy Spirit says, go that way, go to the church. I said, I'm going to go this way. And I sit there for seconds. I don't know, it seemed like days. And finally I said, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> well, I didn't have tags on my van. I didn't have tags on the trailer. I didn't have the trailer hooked up. I didn't have the lights hooked up. That guy wrote me like five or six tickets. I went the wrong way. I mean, the Lord was like, I was trying to save you from getting all those tickets. But if you ain't going to listen, you bonehead, go that Brethren, sometimes you got to get to the place where life is in there and, and you start following after what the Holy Spirit, sometimes you got to learn. That little small, still voice says something. I'm like, I think I'm going to do that. Uh, because every time I don't do that when I hear that, and that's called growth. That's where growth comes in. You can't depend on anybody else to get you where you want to be. These things he did for me. He, he was the one that walked before God and made a propitiation for sin. I couldn't say enough our fathers and Hail Marys I couldn't stay there for all eternity. And they say, well, you go to, purg we'll put you in purgatory, and, and you burn all your sins off in purgatory. That's stupid. I mean, why would I want to go to purgatory, man? I mean, well, it's better than hell. Well, 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 wait a minute. Why do I want to go that way anyways? 
I mean, why would I want to go that way? Oh, well, well, that way because nobody's good enough. Well, okay, so nobody's good enough to get into heaven. I got that. So I got to go to purgatory and sit there until I burn my, how many hundreds of millions of years I got to sit there. I mean, I might as well believe in evolution. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be in purgatory forever, and then eventually I get out and get to go to heaven. Why would I want to serve a God like that anyways? When he's already given me this, and then I read my Bible and I find out he's done it. John, John chapter 2. John chapter 2. I get off on this thing. I rabbit trails. John chapter 2, 1 and 2. It says, My little children, these, uh, these things write I unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate uh, with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. He's already paid for your sins. Your sins have been paid for. He made the payment. The payment was made. When I trust him, he transfers that to me. I'm sitting there going, check that out, man. I mean, you're talking about free. You're, uh, he said, if he shall make you free, you are free indeed. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. Somebody tries to put me under the law again. I'm like, get out of here. Leave me alone, man. Uh, go to John 4, 1 John 4.10. 1 John 4.10. Oh, man. <laughs> what a, what a, go to 4, 1 John 4, 4. Go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. No, I'm, <laughs> that's a great book, man. It's just a great book. I don't, see, when I read this thing, I laugh. I laugh as I'm reading my Bible on a daily basis. I laugh most of the time because I'm, I'm like, Lord, I am so hosed up. Boy, I, I am messed up. I said, and if it wasn't for you, I mean, here I am messed up, and I'm trying to read this book to get unmessed up, and there ain't no way I'm ever going to get unmessed up. I said, it's just a book. But the book makes me laugh because I see how great he is and how much he's forgiven me and how much he loves me. And, I mean, I just get peace. So for, uh, 1 John 4, 4 says, ye are, you, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than, than he that is in the world. So, when you get saved, you get something inside of you that the world doesn't have, and that thing will get you through. Verse 5, they are of the world, talking about the worldly people, lost people, therefore speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He, have you ever talked to somebody and they look at you with a strange look on your face? Because they don't know him. And you talk to somebody else and they get it. And you say, well, well that's why the Lord says after the first or second admonition, reject them as a heretic. Because you can sit there and think, they should see what I see, and they don't see it. They don't get it. Because they don't have the spirit inside of them to get it. And we will get frustrated. you got to keep that frustration away and not get frustrated. I've seen it on your face right there. That's why I'm saying this. Because <laughs> frustration will kill you. Because they can't get what you got. Because until they get in them what you have in you, they can't get it. So he goes on. We are, we are of God, verse five, uh, 6. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we that the spirit of truth, hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that, that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that knoweth not, uh, or he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifest the love of God toward us. Now here's where it comes in. This is how much God loved us. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. No other way. The next verse. Herein is love. 
Not that we love God, but that, God, that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for, for our sins. The payment, the payment for your sins was a man named Jesus Christ to God. There's no way you could do it. There's no way I could do it. There's no way any. So a good Catholic can't figure the thing out. They just think I go do this and this. Well, I'm, I'm listening to the, the church fathers. I'm listening to uh, all these other people and the Pope say this and the Pope says that and the, this guy says this and the priest say this and the nun says that. And I, I, I mean, I'm just going to trust them because they went through all these schools. They must know. Well, now right there, it says that Jesus Christ. And they, they mentioned Jesus Christ. He was the one that paid the payment, the penalty that God... There was nobody. All the angels, none of the angels, nobody could make that payment. Only God himself could make that payment. So what he did is he split himself into threes, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. The one in the middle came down here and died on a tree and went back. And he made the payment. He goes, to get us into heaven, he, before the foundation of the world, before the first angel was made, before the first cherubim, before Lucifer, before anything, he sits there and says, first got to split myself into three. Well, I read something. Where did I read that at today? <clears throat> oh, man. You're, just, you're, talking, you're talking about a book, man. This is the craziest book in the world. I like this book. This is a good book. See, what I, he's sitting there talking about, I am, I am God. I, raised, uh, I have raised up one from the north. And, uh, behold, my servant. Oh, I'd have to go find it. I read it. But it's God saying, you know, I built, I made everything. I, I did this, 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 I did this. You can't stand before me. Why are you even about that? He said, I, I don't answer to nobody. Before me, there never was anybody. And after me, there ain't going to be nobody. He said, I, now that's hard to understand. If you put yourself in our, in our, we think everything is created. There's a brick. Somebody made the brick, da-da-da. Well, where did God come from? There's no answer for that. He's like, I was, and that's it, man. He goes, there ain't nobody before me. Now, I, I can't even imagine, imagine a place where there, I mean, there's nothing but him. But that's what he's saying. There is nothing but me. So how in the world could anybody pay for anything to him when everything was from him anyways? So anything I give him is him, is, is from him. How could I possibly do it? I, I can't, I can't. He goes, you're right, you can't, because <laughs> you're, you're just miserable, wretched, wreck that you are. He goes, I, before I make anything, I'm going to make a way for them to get in, because he knows what the problem's going to be. So he makes the way, and him, he splits the thing, and then he sets the thing in motion. He already knows Mary's going to have a baby out there. It's going to come up, and he's going to protect the whole thing. I'm telling you what, brother, it's, it's like that household, that, that, that apartment. That right there, it just, I expect that. I expect him to do exactly what he just did. He did exactly what. He expected me to do what I told him I was going to do. Why can't I expect him to do what the, he says, I ain't going to tell you what the next step is. Uh, that missionary, I'm serious, that missionary thought I was going to come to Scotland. He, he was sure. Because I told him, I said, I was sitting in Croatia, and the Lord told me over there, if you won't start a church in America, what makes you think, now this was 17, 18 years ago. If you won't start a church in America, what makes you think you'll start one over here? So it's almost like the Lord is saying, I am not going to call you to be a missionary until you go back and start a church in America. So I go start the church in America. And then we find this building because the wife that thou gavest me, Lord, found this building. Uh, it was told of us, this building. I just said, no, 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 no. It's crazy. I don't want it. It's stupid. And, and you know what's here? You go, you want something funny? The day I walked in the parking lot, I looked at that white garage from the backside of that thing. And I said, I don't want this stupid thing. This is not... And now I got that stupid thing. <laughs> Isn't God got a sense of humor? 
the last thing he gave me was that. And I'm thinking, the first thing I said I don't want is that. And he goes, okay, it's going to take you 15 years to want that. And he says, but I'm going to give it to you. In 15 years, I'm going to teach you how you, would, you really want that. But to get that, you got to do all this first. And then I'm going to give you that. And I'm sitting there going, this is the funniest thing in the whole wide world. When I look at how he does what he does. And he just, that's just one person's little life. Could you imagine if he got a hold of a whole bunch of people and they all did the same thing? And, and God could work in everybody's life. This, uh, but it would drive this world crazy. It would. Anyways, back to this. I'll never get anywhere if I don't go through here. Uh, where am I at? John. John chapter 4. Uh, yeah, he was made, uh, verse, where was I? Uh, yeah, uh, verse 10. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us. He loved us so much that he gave us his only begotten son. That's what he gave us. And sent his son to be a propitiation. So God sent himself to be a payment to himself for sin. So when Satan comes up there and says, you can't let them in because of sin, he goes, no, the payment's already made. I made it. Now, now here's where salvation comes in, is you got to get somebody, and we cannot do it. Like that lady Sunday, I asked her, I said, are you going to, I said, are you saved? She goes, no, I'm lost. I said, okay, what, what is your background religion? I need to find out where you're coming from. She goes, well, I'm Protestant. Well, then that tells me a, a whole lot of stuff right there. Okay, if you're Protestant, then I know, and Beth said she was singing the hymns with us, and she was doing everything, she knows everything. So she has some knowledge of the Bible. She didn't have a King James Bible. And I, I take my Bible, I open it up, and get, I said, so do you believe the gospel? She goes, yep, I believe every bit of that. I said, then I took over to Romans. I, she said, yep. I said, have you ever asked Jesus Christ to save your soul? She said, no, I never have. I said, that's all it is. I said, you, I said Linda, you've already said you believe everything. I'm not trying to sell anything. See, I can't sell that. She has got to believe that he made the payment for her and that I can trust him and that, that change is going to be made and I'm going to get eternal life. Just getting somebody to say a prayer is, and that's, that's our own foolish pride, trying to get somebody just to say a prayer so I can feel better and say that they went to heaven when I don't know if they're going to heaven or not. But when somebody goes to heaven, he just said that. If they'll hear God, they'll hear you. If they won't hear you and you're telling them about God, then there's a problem somewhere. I've got a problem. they got a problem. we both got a problem. There's a problem somewhere. I never had a problem with her. It, it was like stealing, taking candy from a baby Sunday with that lady. It was like the apple was, I held my hand out and the apple fell right off the tree in my hand. I'm like, man, I didn't even have to pick that thing. That thing was so ripe, it just kind of fell off. And somebody had already done work in that lady's life and all kinds of stuff. And she knew that she had to trust. She just didn't know how to get there. I helped her to get there. So that's a propitiation. You've got to get to the place where you realize what Jesus did. I can do nothing. He's already done everything. So now, uh, we looked at that uh, remission. We looked at remission. Hebrews, Hebrews 9.22. Go to Hebrews 9.22, a couple pages over. What time is it? Oh, man. It's almost quitting time. Hebrews 9.22. How's Bud doing? Oh, that's a good idea. I don't believe it, but that's a good idea. I'm doing my best. Yeah, because Beth says that all the time, too, and she doesn't do it either, man. There's something about you ladies that got to have the last word. Oh, man, we was at that luncheon today, and I'm sitting down there, and I, I said, guys, look at that down there. And Beth's going, blah, 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 and she just never stopped. And I'm thinking, she's always telling me that I got a big mouth and I talk all the time. And she, I mean, she's just down there, blah, 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 blah. I, I'm like, these other ladies, I don't know where they're getting the, the opportunity to get, get in on this thing, 
I'm sure they're, maybe they're all just going all the time. It just sounds like a buzz. Everybody's talking. But uh, I can't win, man. I, I've, I've learned to just shut up and fellowship. fellowship. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Uh, we're looking at remission, Hebrews 9.22. Hebrews 9.22. It says, uh, and almost all things are, are by the law purged with blood. So if you get in the Old Testament, you got a sheep, this, that, that. And without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. So before your sins can be remitted, a blood offering has to be made. And you got to look, say, I ask people say all the time, I said, well, when was the last time you offered a lamb? Well, I never have. I said, well, you got a problem. I said, it's got to be a blood offering. You can do this with Catholics. You get them all over. Where's your, where's your lamb at? You've got to have a lamb. Everything is by the blood. They, they want to get rid of that word blood out of these new Bibles. They don't like the word blood. I've seen people, man, they, get, they go to a, a car wreck site, and there's blood all over the place, throwing up all over the place when they see blood. Blood just is something people don't like. It just seems like, ee. But it's the, it's the shedding of the blood. Uh, it was therefore necessary, verse 23, it was therefore necessary that the pattern of things in heaven should be purified with these. What? The blood. It had to be the blood. Uh, but the, the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than a bull or a goat. It can't be. It's Jesus Christ. For Christ has not entered into the holy place, verse 24, made with hands, which are the figure of the true, but into the heavenly itself. So when you look at the Old Testament and you sit there and start seeing them making the tabernacle and they're making this, these are pictures of things that are actually in heaven. What, those things can never clear you from anything. That's the law. He's saying, but the heavenly things, but in heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. You could never do that. He had to do that. Not, nor yet that he should offer himself often. Here it goes, man. You're talking about eternal security? Watch this one. As the high priest that enters into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must, must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once... In the end of the world hath he appeared. That was 2,000 years ago. When he says the end of the world, and 2,000 years later we're still waiting, to me that seems like a long time ago. But he goes, okay, now at the end of the world hath, uh, world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of sin. It's gone, man, it's gone. Because of what he did, sin is gone. So when a person trusts Jesus Christ, you're justified, redeemed, you, you receive the payment that he made, the propitiation. You get your sins remitted. Go to 10, 10 verse 11. This will change your life. I mean, this is good stuff. It'll make your head hurt, but it's good stuff. <laughs> 10, 10 verse 11 to 18, man. Uh, we'll stop here. We're rats, man. Uh, and every priest standeth daily ministering. This is the Catholic Church. And often... And offering oftentimes the same sacrifice, which can never take away sin. I, 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 I can't do it. It can't do it. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, sat down at the right hand of God. It's done, man. It's done. I don't have to do it anymore. The, the payment was made. The propitiation was made. God is now happy, smiling. They're all Father, Son, Holy Ghost, tickled pink, ready to go. We're ready now. Let's start this thing. Somebody, I'd, I'd like to meet the first person that got saved. There has to be somebody that got that thing first, and I'd like to meet that person. Uh, in heaven, I mean, he might have a plaque up there, 
here's the first person ever to get saved. I don't have a clue who that guy was or that lady was or that child was. I don't have a clue who that was. But somebody had to get in on that thing, the first one, and then they're the example for all the rest of us. For from henceforth, expecting till all his enemies be made his footstool. That's what's going to happen. By what he did at Calvary, that wasn't the end. That was the end for us, but it wasn't for him. What the end for him was when he walked before God himself. That's a really rough one, man. If you think about it, the Father and the Holy Ghost, these three are one. They're one. They used to be one. Now they're three. They're one, but they're three. They're one. They're like a football. That's, I, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life, but it kind of makes you understand a little bit. But he's walking down through there in front of himself. The Lord said unto my Lord. David said that. He's talking about his God and God. God walks before God and makes an offering to himself for himself to cover some stuff that he never even did. Because the rest of us are going to be boneheads and we're going to mess it up. So anyways, I better shut up. Man, I keep going. If I don't, we won't get through this thing. Uh, from henceforth expecting to us, uh, verse 14, for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. There's the word sanctified. You want an eternal, how in the world could you miss eternal security? How could you possibly, forever? When I trust Jesus Christ, if I trust him, if I trust him, how could you miss that? For by one offering, not every Sunday morning taking a communion, I don't have to go Saturday afternoon and take confession. I don't have to. But what happens if you take the communion Sunday and you sin Monday and you die Tuesday? You're going to have a problem. Because now you never made it to Saturday to get back to Sunday so that you can, the thing to do is after you take communion, die right there. And not sin between the time you, you, you start to die and hit the floor, which I don't think is possible at all. I think we're all going to mess up on the way down. Uh, for by one offering, he had perfected forever them that are sanctified. I'll get into the word sanctified down there a little bit further. He goes, whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us, for after that he had said before, this is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law into their hearts and in their mind. Now he's talking about the Jews there. But, and their sins and iniquity will I remember no more. I mean, I'm telling you what, you know what a blessing is? I mess up all the time. I really do. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, thank you. And he goes, for what? I said, for forgiving me. Of what? I said, of that I just did. What was that? I'm like, are you playing with me or what? You and I both know that I'm a Jose. He was, yeah, Mike, we know you're Jose, but I, but I forgave you. And as far as the east is from the west, so far I've removed that sins. He goes, when you get here, he said, you're going to drop off that flesh. And he goes, I'm going to mess with you in that flesh a little while because you're mo messed up. But he said, when you leave that body, the day you, you take your last breath, your soul and spirit's going to come out of that body, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And he goes, you're going to be standing in front of me, and I'm going to look at you like my son. And he goes, right now I see you as my son. And you can trust me. When I talk to people like my mom, I feel so sorry for my mom. Uh, because she's sitting there and she's never, I told her today, I said, Mom, the reason you think Beth is having an affair with this guy or this guy's trying to have an affair, I was supposed to go over and beat him up. That's what, it sounds like some, that sounds like some, that's, that sounds like some high school kid. My, I told my brother I had, I had this guy one time come up to me, and, and uh, that's probably why my brother hates me. 
But uh, he said, my brother's bigger than your brother. I said, my brother will beat your brother all up pieces, man. So his older brother went and beat my brother up. <laughs> <laughs> Danny didn't survive too good that fight. But I was like, okay, next. Let me see if I can find somebody else that can go beat my brother up. <laughs> I never did get any fights like that. But boy, my brother kept getting beat up all the time. But, uh, you know, you sit there and look at that. And as what Jesus did for us, brother, I mean, that ought to light you up. And get you of this world, this world is not my home. We're just a passing through. And no matter what goes on here, you just got to let that stuff go. I'm sorry. No, no, there ain't. When, when, when Christ, uh, when Jesus said, do this in remembrance of me. Mm-hmm. Right. He was talking about the bread and the wine. Yeah. He said, remember the crucifixion. When, remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's what the body and the blood is. He says, as often as you do this, do this and remember to me. So, uh, yeah. What's that? Yeah, but, 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 but in Corinthians, I'm, it's in Corinthians. Uh, my brain, it should be like 2 Corinthians. Hang. I'm with you on this. I just want to be able to explain, be able to explain it. Myself. Yep. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. You think I would have it in? I have a brother that he's, he's, he's all about the Pope. Yeah. And I said, I don't care about the Pope because I trust in Jesus. I don't, I don't worry about it. So I'm trying to get that. Who? It's, it's, it's 2 Corinthians, I believe. Hang on, hang on. Because it talks about, uh, Paul talks about the, uh, the, the, man, uh, who? 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Is it 1 Corinthians? I thought it was 2 Corinthians, but, but hey, yeah, okay. You're right, right, here, I got it, I got it, in 1 Corinthians uh, 23. Says for for I have First Corinthians chapter eleven. For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was was uh, betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take eat this is my body which is broken for you that's a cross, uh, this do in remembrance of me, and so you're supposed to always remember the crucifixion At, and after the same manner he t- took also the cup. And uh, it says, when he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood, this do ye as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come, till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus. But let us examine himself, and so let him eat that bread, and drink that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, and drinketh dam- uh, dr- uh, and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak, and it goes on. So the the what you're remembering isn't the Eucharist, and it's not getting saved. I'm already saved. What every time that's why we do it once a year at Easter, or and actually Easter Easter is the right word. Easter has nothing to do with the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Easter is after the resurrection. The Passover has already occurred. Easter happens after the Passover. 
Jesus died on the Passover three days later. So Easter is a pagan holiday, and, and here's all the Christians pick the thing up and, oh, we're going to have Easter dinner, and we're going to have Easter dresses, and we're going to have Easter this, Easter that. Easter is a pagan holiday, and it isn't even the time Jesus died. So Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood. They put him in a tomb three days later. So when you eat that, when we do, uh, we call it Resurrection Sunday. When we have that, what we do is we have, uh, we have the uh, <laughs> Lord's Supper. Thank you. And, and what we do is we remember what he did for us. That's what you're remembering. Uh, that remember the last night, the death, burial, and resurrection, and him coming back out of the grave. And that's, that's exactly what that is. What they're saying is, first of all, if I have to eat that every Sunday, then I, they got to constantly make an offering every, you better be making that sucker every day. My, my uncle James lived next to the Catholic church up in Finley, and he was over there at mass every morning getting uh, the Eucharist, every morning. He knew he was a wicked devil. He had a nice car, but he knew he was a wicked devil. He had a 66 uh, Chevelle blue navy, oh, it was a beautiful car, man. It had, it had plastic. I still remember it had plastic on the seats. He had, he had the plastic stuff on it so you couldn't get nothing on the seats. I mean, this guy, he's a postman. I don't know if you can trust him at all, man. But I, every day, man, every day, every day he's over there. He never got married. I don't know if he's, what his problem was. <laughs> but he was over there every day, man, getting a, getting a Eucharist. Man, and, uh, and I'm like, my little sister died. And I got to preach a funeral. And James was there. And a good Catholic, and, and there's three Baptist preachers preached at his funeral. And the first one preached, and then I preached, and the last one preached and gave a, 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 a not an altar call, but a, a salvation uh, call. And Uncle James raised his hand. He said, if you're in here and you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, and according to the scripture, raise your hand and, and we'll say a prayer. And James repeated exactly what the guy said. So he may have got saved that day. I have no idea. Uh, I know a Catholic believes this stuff, but they're never, they're, they're so steeped in the stuff that goes on, like the, the Eucharist. Why would you do it? Every, with verses like I read over in Hebrews, why would you, every day, every day, he says you do it once forever. So Jesus says, as often as you do this, you can do it once in your lifetime. It doesn't really matter. If you do it once and you remember that Jesus died for you and, and shed his blood at Calvary, that's what, it's the blood that cleanseth you from all sins. And he says, you got to eat me. And they think he really got to eat him. I'm like, what do you get? He's a piece of bread. Uh, I mean, it's, and, and then they, they have the little temple, that they, the little the, the tabernacle that they open up, and they bring that chalice out. And it's like, oh, look at this. We got a little Jesus. I'm like, come on, man. I mean, all you did was, and with, this is the Catholic Church, when the Jews, when Jesus died, the veil of the temple was written twain. The Old Testament religion ended right there, and when that veil was rent, opened, the, the Ark of the Covenant, which we, was gone already, but now the Most Holy was available for us to enter into. That's what Jesus signified when it, it rent. What they did is the Catholic Church comes in and sews it up, and then they say, we're taking over from here, and then they brought the priesthood right back in. It's a pagan thing, man. That's all it is. No different than what the Jews had. And they still miss Jesus Christ. 1.2 billion Catholics on the, on the face of the planet, and they're all messed up because the guy sitting over there Saying, oh, it's, uh, you know, you got to trust us, you got to trust us. Why not just trust Jesus? I never understood that. But, but it goes on, and that's, that's, that's what that is. So, did that make any sense? Yeah. He, he says, just as often as you do it, Paul said it's not one of those things. Nowhere in here does it say Eucharist. 
Nowhere in it does it say you have to do this every day. Nowhere in it does it say any of that stuff. And what they're doing is they're saying you got to do this and, and you get saved. Nowhere does it say you're saved. He says do this in remembrance. Nowhere says you're saved. They do it every Sunday morning thinking they're getting saved because they just ingested Jesus Christ. And then that's the, then the question of work. It's a work. 